0: We're seeing sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, flip-dog. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I'm Taylor Johnson. And if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask ask at swatradio.com. Well, today is Thursday. Generally, uh, this is the interview day for the program, but uh, we're switching things up because tomorrow we have Congressman Rutherford in the building for an interview with Doug. So make sure you tune in for that. And today we're going to have a um, open forum discussion. So we would love to have you call in and, and we, join we're, us.
2: We're going we're gonna to talk about, we'll look at kind of the week at, uh, you know, uh, Philip and his interaction with the eunuch and uh, talk about some of the issues specifically uh, about knowing the word. And about why we as believers maybe, and maybe you want to call in and uh, weigh in on uh, just what are some obstacles to reading the Bible? What are some obstacles to understanding the Bible? Why, why is it that we as believers struggle so much to read the Bible? One, one survey years ago by Promise Keepers said that 90% of the men and, that they interviewed 90% only prayed and read the Bible one hour a year.
1: A year? A year. Oh, my goodness. That's.
2: And that, that was a while back. I mean, think about that. Yeah. I mean, that that, that that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That... I mean, because these are all people that would say they're believers.
1: Yeah, once a year. <laughs> I mean, one
2: hour a year.
1: You might as well not even be doing it. I mean, that's. That's yeah. That's that's pretty crazy, isn't that crazy?
2: Yeah. So yeah, that so we can talk about that today. Um, uh, there was a, we had a guy come today to SWAT uh, down at on San Jose, and uh, he had on a shirt that said, "The Bible, read it." Mm. I like I like the shirt, and um, I appreciated the fact that he wore that. It was his first time at SWAT. He heard about SWAT on the radio, hmm. um, and has listened for quite a while. Shared a, a really encouraging story, um, and you know maybe maybe you've been ministered to by this program. Uh, a lot of people um, may listen, and you know those kind of stories. Like hearing that today was an encouragement because just a couple other you know just a couple of days ago. I was wondering, well, do we keep going on with SWAT Radio? I mean, do we push on into 2022? We've been doing this for five years, and um, do we keep going on? Or maybe maybe, maybe we don't. Maybe we just say, okay, it's been a good run for five years. It's been a great platform for ministry. And um, and I said, Lord, you're going to have to show me that you want us to keep doing this because I'm just not sure. And then this guy comes today to SWAT, mm. And says that he came because he heard about SWAT on the radio. And then he shares that really encouraging story. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming this morning. Um, gee, I appreciate that. And uh, glad you uh, were a part. Thank you for your encouragement.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Um Hey, did,
1: did you know I got something for you locally that happened today? There was a bring your Bible to school day. In, no, uh, really? Yeah. where uh, at?
2: In, in Duval County?
1: Yeah, at uh, LaVilla School of the Arts. They had a Facebook page, bring your Bible to school. The reason I found out about it is that there was a little bit of uh, controversy, quote unquote. There's some people not happy that they were doing that, but it's part of a national program. So I uh, just thought we should bring some attention to that going on here, which is pretty cool that they did that today.
2: That is good. That's nice that they yeah. did that. Bring your Bible to school day. Yeah, because there's a lot of dangerous things that can happen <laughs> if somebody has a Bible with them. Yeah, right. Now, unlike uh, the, the the kid out in Texas who shot oh, up yeah. people because he got in a fight. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, and that, that story did not really get any play in the national, national press. I mean, he shot four people. Um, but, yeah, and luckily no one uh, was killed.
2: Well, his family says he was bullied, robbed twice, and he was just trying to protect himself. Um, and so he took a gun to school, uh, apparently. And, uh, a 45 caliber handgun. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about, I mean, like that's a big gun. Uh, where'd he get the gun? He wasn't supposed to have the gun. Um,
1: you know, uh, so did, was it a, a parent's gun or, or did uh, he get it somewhere?
2: Uh, I don't know. They haven't, I, I, I don't think they've said yet. Uh, mm. but, um, you know, uh, that it, uh, you know, there were several people shot, but it was not a legitimately owned gun by him. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. uh, he wasn't supposed to have a gun out there. Um, so, um, yeah, You know, so bringing the Bible to school, dangerous, (laughs) dangerous, you know. Hey, well, it is,
1: uh, it's not called a sword for nothing, right? Yeah. Spiritually (laughs) dangerous, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's pretty cool that they did that. Um, But yeah, I thought I'd bring it up before we got into too much. uh, Well, no,
2: and here's another thing. Uh, I wonder if our listeners know that there's been a contingent of Special Operations Command and Marines in Taiwan for over a year now. Has
1: there really? Yes. Hmm.
2: Operating secretly in Taiwan because guess who's being aggressive? China. Well, yeah. Some of the yeah. s- and things been they said they've training the Taiwanese. Uh, does that sound familiar? I, I, I seem to remember this little country over in Asia called Vietnam <laughs> where they sent advisors over because uh, the communists were being aggressive over there. Uh, and they haven't. That just came out.
1: Um, yeah, and I mean, if you've looked at what uh, uh, China has said in the past few days, um, I believe they had something saying that they were they were willing to nuke Japan, um, to wipe off the face of the earth if they got aggressive. They said that uh, they could take, there was a New York Times article that came out and said by 2025 uh, China will be able to take over Taiwan, and a state actor for, for them said, no, we can do that now. It's by the blessing of Beijing that we don't. Mm-hmm. um so they're acting very aggressively i mean obviously they've we've talked about it uh the number of flights that they've had into taiwanese airspace and it's all in a p- specific location that is key as far as uh, international shipping and stuff like that um i think that they're contemplating making a play, and i don't think taiwan is too uh too certain about what we are going to do as americans because they have been reaching out to the japanese and they've been reaching out Uh, to the Australians for added support and Japan actually uh, mentioned that they have to protect Taiwan, which is something that they've generally avoided that whole issue because of trade and stuff like that. But, you know, they're opening openly talking about it. We also ran a joint um, uh, venture with Japan and the UK where we had four uh, aircraft carriers uh, doing drills together. Um, So, yeah, things are heating up in that area pretty significantly. And I don't think uh, it's been talked about a lot, but yeah there's there's potential there for um violence to break out
2: well, I had a um uh, a message from um a person who supports and listens to the ministry um yesterday or the other day and this was the message and you you know you're welcome to to call in today and weigh in on this i think in light of a video that came out last night, this is probably what um what moved him to to do this but uh he uh, he, bis- he he! basically is about to get fired for not taking the vaccine. And the reason for not taking the vaccine is not um, because of the efficacy of the vaccine or the danger of the vaccine. It's because um, that the vaccines that he's being ordered to take mm-hmm. uh, is being made and developed with fetal tissue. Yeah. And yesterday, or the day before, yep. a uh, Project Veritas video came out where one of the employees of Pfizer um, basically just admitted that they used human fetus in the vaccine program. And the Pfizer all the uh, Pfizer people downplayed it, obviously, but there were internal, uh, there were internal memos or emails that uh said listen we can't let this information get out because people will claim a religious exemption mm-hmm. to the vaccine. And so again there's a lot of there's just a lot of dirty stuff with big pharma and the money and the I mean what they're trying to do uh with these things and again another young lady passed away and you know, it's like uh, Dr. Merritt said, she said, come the fall, you're going to start seeing people passing away, and they're not going to be declared uh, dead because of the vaccine. They're just going to die, and people are not going to know what happened. Unexpected deaths. Just just start doing random searches for people that die unexpectedly, and they're either mini strokes or, or, or strokes, and it's there's a lot of stuff going on that uh it's just really not good and all we're trying to say is and again these views are not the views of wtrj these are just us taylor not talking is there needs to be transparency about this stuff and they're it and what came out in that video yesterday or the day before uh from project veritas is well there was two that they put out one said Your antibodies are better than the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And then the guy wouldn't admit it in public. And he was shown a video of himself (laughs) saying it in private, but he still wouldn't admit it in public. Why is that? Because it goes against the narrative. And so uh, a lot of stuff going on in our world. And, boy, if there's ever been a a time for people to stand for truth, when you know truth or you know something to be true, uh, share it. Don't be intimidated by Uh, political correctness and backlash to not speak the truth and so i'm thankful for this one lady that came out on the video and said they're using human fetal parts you know to make the pfizer vaccine it is the pfizer company write them tell them you don't like them doing that you don't like their lack of transparency maybe if enough people wrote them and emailed them they would uh maybe uh be a little more transparent
1: I think uh, at the very least that if we disapprove of what's going on, you got to make your voice heard and you got to decide to take stands. I'm going
2: to ask Congressman Rutherford DeMar, can you bring these CEOs up there before Congress? Because hmm. that's something that's so vital. People want to know that.
3: All right. We are up against the break. Stick with us. We'll be back with more soon. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be That is
1: Austin French with Freedom Hymn. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, Thursdays are generally when we have our interview days, but that is getting flipped around today. So today is what we usually do on Friday, which we have a little bit of open uh, discussion just about what we've talked about throughout the week, what's kind of been going on in the country or in the news um, so we would love to have you join us. If you would like to call and join the discussion, please do so at one 844 swat Again, that's one 777 7928 Or you can email us at ask at com. That's ask, A-S-K, at swatradio.com.
2: You know, we were talking before we got into the whole uh, cultural stuff that was going on um, that um, about knowing God's word, you know, knowing knowing his word, being ready to give an answer, and how Philip, when he went um, and interacted with the Ethiopian eunuch, he heard him reading from Isaiah 53. If you today heard somebody reading from Isaiah 53, and they ask you what that guy asked Philip, would you be able to answer it?
1: Well, you better have been able to if you've listened to us for the past three days. Well, right? well, I mean,
2: like, here's the thing, because nobody, no Jew would have known about that passage what it meant at that time except the apostles because Jesus taught them, and now they taught Philip. And here Philip is teaching the eunuch. The eunuch's going to go back to his land as a witness. Mm-hmm. And here we have had the benefit most people— Most, not all, but most people listening to our voice have probably, I would say, sat through at least 20 to 50 messages about God's word. Maybe the gospel, maybe more, maybe a lot more. If somebody asked you that question, would you be able to answer it? I mean, if somebody asked you, hey, you know, I was reading in the Bible, and um, uh, who is this guy, Gehazi? What's the whole point of Gehazi? and elisha in that story like i don't understand i mean what was going on there could you answer that um you know if you look in the new testament and somebody said well listen how is it that uh you know i heard god chooses people you know i hear people talk about that and i even see it but i Aren't I supposed to choose God? You know, I mean, could you talk to him about that and help them understand that from a biblical perspective? The, the, the problem is with a lot of us, we don't know the Bible in context. Uh, we don't know what the passages say. Uh, we read through them, but we read through them like we read the newspaper, you know, when you read a newspaper, I say read, nobody reads a newspaper anymore. <laughs> but if you used to read a newspaper, um, you, people would read through certain sections. Like some people might like the lifestyle section. Some people might like the sports section. Some people might like the news. Um, and, and so a lot of times we read the Bible like that. Well, I really like the Gospels, so I'm just going to focus on the gospels. Or I really like history, so I'm going to read the Old Testament. But the, the Bible is not a book to be broken out in parts. Now, you can study sections in content uh, or in context, like the letters that were written from Paul to a particular group, uh, the Gospels that were written to explain about Jesus being Messiah. But from Genesis to Revelation is all about Jesus. From the beginning to the end, it's all about Jesus being God's remedy for us and how it's possible for us to know God in relationship. Now, the probably one of the first books that I ever read that was very helpful in helping me learn how to study the Bible was a book called Living by the Book. It was by um, a guy who's no longer alive, Howard Hendricks, and his son, Bill Hendricks. You can still get it on Amazon. It is it. It's a great tool um, to be able able to go in and look at the Bible uh, y- using three basic principles: observation, interpretation, and application. Mm. And you know, so when you read a passage in the Bible, you you, you need to be like a reporter. Is what he says in there. You you need to ask the who, what, when, where, why questions. Pretend like you're a reporter trying to discover or an investigator. That's why the FBI was such a good training to study the Bible because you had to learn how to observe. You had to learn how to interpret and then you had to uh, how to apply that information. Um, and one of the things that we've talked about at different times um, over the years is if you don't take notes when you read the Bible or you don't ask questions or have a notebook. You should read the Bible with a notebook in hand close by or a pen for sure. If, if you're not a notebook, you may want to write in your Bible. You may want to make notes in your Bible. I like underlining, highlighting and making notes. But if you read something that you don't understand, don't just read over it and go, okay, like, like, you know, we're in Acts yeah. chapter, um, nine, and we were talking about Acts twenty six, uh, where Paul tells the same story of his testimony, and he gives more detail, and he uses the word goad. Well, we don't use that word in our language today. You know, well, we might say I goaded you into it, mm-hmm. but when you say you kicked against the goads, n- nobody knows what that means probably. Yeah, a uh, goad was a sharp instrument used to prod a cattle or an oxen. And so when somebody says, I goaded you into it, that means they're provoking you or pricking you, making you go to do something you don't want to do. So don't just read over. A lot of people, especially us guys, a lot of times, we'll read over if we don't understand it. We go, oh, well, (laughs) we just keep reading, and we don't ever go back and answer the question. So read with a pen, write it down. And then uh, I, I like to... Uh, when I read a passage, I ask the question, what does this say about God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit? The three, you know, the three, what we see is the three people, the three persons of God, what does it say about character? Is there a command there? Is there a promise there? Is there there, um, an example? Am I seeing one of God's? followers do something here in response to something he said that I can take as an example. Um, Is there a principle here that I'm looking at, or is there uh, some kind of encouragement as maybe I'm going through something similar to what I'm reading about in scripture and God provides for them. So if he provides for them, maybe that means he'll provide for me. Uh, Maybe he didn't provide for them and we see their response and maybe that's an encouragement if he hasn't provided what i think i need right now. So we try to look at those things. So we look at the content, we ask the questions, we try to um try to ask questions to learn from the passage. But then we take that principle whatever it is and we look at our life and we say and, and a, a friend of mine a long time ago said ask usually when you're in a church, what is the one thing when you're listening to a pastor What's the one thing I can take away from that today and ask, am I doing this? Am I not doing this? I can put something into practice in my daily life from this point forward. Like, you know, this uh, week we've been talking about shemaing and obeying as leading. Is there been a time in my life that God, I sensed, moving me to do something and I haven't done it? Yes. Well, then what do I do with it now? Because it's too late to go back. You repent. That means you acknowledge that you didn't listen and you didn't move to obedience, but you don't want to do that again. And you want God to help you be more sensitive and give you the strength and will to obey. So you just take something, the one thing you can put in practice or how to apply it. And then we thank God for for his word. Every morning I thank God for his word and I kiss my Bible. I just thank him because The Jewish people, when they would go to the synagogue and the priest would bring out a copy of the Torah, he would hold it up and they would just come by and they would want to kiss it, kiss their finger and touch it and and say thank you. It's just like thank you, God, for your word. And I think we have um, so many Bibles around us. Most of the time we take it for granted, unlike people in China who are in prison who may not have a copy of the scriptures. So... Those are just some things as we think about the word. And maybe you've got some things that you used to study. uh, And if you want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. uh, Or questions about studying the word. But it's it's something we need to do. We need to know his word to be ready to share the good news.
1: Yeah. Uh, And uh, I know for me, like, um, I'd say probably coming out of college, I really took some time to go back and read just about, some of the the men in the Bible, and read some of those uh, stories as a way to encourage me on how I should behave as a man and how I should act. And then rereading the gospel and looking how at how Jesus was as a man, and, and trying to um, incorporate that into my life. Because you know, like the Bible says, there's a there's a time for different things, right? And so you have to know when to act you know, the correct way. And so the, what the Bible offers you is God's word and what he wants for you and how he wants you to live and how he wants a man to live. So even if you're reading, um, I guess the more narrative portions of the, of the scripture, that that doesn't mean that there's not something of value that you can glean from that. Cause I think a lot of times people just read those stories and are just like, Oh, you know, it's a, it's a story. Oh, that cool story. And instead of really putting themselves in that situation and trying to uh, reap understanding from that.
2: Well, um, I, you know, you asked me about a book uh, this past week that I, I really would encourage a uh, living by the book. I would encourage listeners to get it's, it's a great study. Another book that you asked me about is reading the Bible with rabbi Jesus Yeah, and how a Jewish perspective can transform your understanding. Can you imagine what it would be like to have Jesus Explain the New Testament the way he explained the Old Testament to his followers. Yeah, right. Uh, So that's just going in and looking at it from a Jewish perspective and. uh Both of those are good resources, so uh, hopefully that will encourage you to get out there and study more.
1: All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be back with more after the news. There is good news for the captive. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Ren Collective with Rescuer. If you are just joining us, today is Thursday, which is generally our interview day. But uh, we are flipping the days around because tomorrow we're going to have Congressman uh, Rutherford on the program. So make sure you tune in for that. So today we are having an open forum just talking about what we've um, looked at in the scripture as well as what's been going on around the country and the world and locally um, so, if you would like to join the discussion with anything that's on your mind, please call us at 1 844 777 7928. Again, that's 1 844 777 SWAT, or you can email us at ask at dot That's ask ask at dot com.
2: Hey, a uh, couple of emails. Um, again, the name of the book that I recommended uh, two of them, uh, Howard Hendricks, Living by the Book and also reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus. Uh, Lois Verberg has written two or three books, Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus. The one about the Bible specifically, they all give you cultural, kind of a cultural um, backdrop to really see Jesus through Eastern eyes because he was from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. But reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus is a really helpful book for helping you see the context that a lot of times we miss in the west we we one of the things that is so important when you're reading the bible is to understand that a lot of times a tool of rabbis was to only quote a portion of a passage so when jesus would say somebody said you know they in psalm 22 jesus said my god my god why have you forsaken me well what he's doing is taking people back to psalm 22 go back to that psalm and read that psalm and see what that psalm says that is a messianic psalm and when he says that he's taking those people that are there when he's being crucified back to psalm 22 um A lot of times we read it just as a Westerner to say, oh, he's just crying out. Um, You know, he's just crying out like we would cry out, and he's disappointed because God had to turn his face from him. But listen to what he says in verse 3. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued, and you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I'm a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind. I'm despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me, and they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Did they say that? Wow, they did say that, didn't they? Because the Gospels record that. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. The very thing that's back in Psalm 22, they said. Mm -hmm. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. And he goes through it all. I mean, he just... He goes through this text, but Jesus only says the first part. And he did that a lot. Whenever he taught in Scripture and he gave a parable or he was teaching, oftentimes he was quoting the Old Testament somewhere. And the key is to remember as you're reading the Bible, if something looks a little out of place there, if there's something different there, If there's a number there, if there's a particular city there, if there's a name there, you want to go back and find that. And I'll give you a perfect example, Taylor. If you turn over to Mark chapter four, uh, I think it's Mark four. Go to Mark four. And um, is it Mark four? Let me see.
1: Let me the parable see. of the sower. The parable. No, that's, that's the purpose of the parable.
2: Is... It's not Mark four. It's Mark six. I'm sorry. Okay, go to Mark six and then uh, look down to verse thirty or so. And uh, and it says verse thirty two, um, verse verse thirty four. Verse 34. Start with verse 34 of Mark 6.
1: Um, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without
2: a shepherd. Like and- sheep without a shepherd. All right. Now, if you go back to Ezekiel, I think it's about Ezekiel 33 or 34, uh, and look, let me just do a quick uh, Bible drill here with you. <laughs> Ezekiel 34. Um yeah. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over the mountains on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Um, uh, he, he says, he basically is chastising the shepherds because they've not taken care of the sheep. Behold, I'm against the shepherds. I will require my sheep at their hands. I'll put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer sell. The shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep. Um, I think he says specifically, I will be their shepherd. Um, And so as he's saying these things, he's taking them back to those passages. Mark 6 also, go down to verse... Now this is this is what I call a speed bump in Scripture. Verse thirty nine. Read verse
1: thirty nine. All right. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass.
2: Green grass. How many times do you see color in Scripture? And not a lot that
1: I can think of. I mean, it's there Isn't for that kind
2: a of bizarre particular reason. Yeah. Is there another place in Scripture that you see the color green? Where? Why don't you flip over to Psalm 23. All right. If you go to Psalm 23, read Psalm 23. It's the Shepherd's Psalm. Read it. All right. Here we go. Oops.
1: Sorry. Sorry. Wow. What did I do? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this, I don't know why that's being weird. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall, now, oh, he, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. He restores hey, wait, my Wait, wait, go
2: back. He said what?
1: <laughs> he makes me lie down in green pastures. Green
2: pastures. Again, that color green. You don't see colors in the Bible that often. And so when Jesus is saying that, he's taking them back. Now, if you go back to Isaiah, I mean Ezekiel 34, like I was mentioning earlier, verse 14, he says, I will feed them with good pasture. Hmm. Isn't that like it's Psalm 23? On the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land. Wow. So he told them to lie down. You'll have him sit on the grass, but he's taking them back to Psalm 23. And I, I think Jesus is tying all this in that he is the shepherd. He is the shepherd who is God come to be the shepherd and rescuer of the people. But a lot of times we miss that because we don't know the Old Testament. We don't see the connection. But anytime you see like what I call a speed bump like that, it shouldn't make you look. Now, I think I shared this with you. Another one is in the parable of the Good Samaritan. If you go to Luke chapter 10, now these are just things that I hope that as you hear these, it makes you want to go back and read these stories, right? Uh, Because Jesus, when he tells these stories, he's taking people back to the Old Testament. Why? Because the Old Testament was God's word for them. So if you look in... um, Luke chapter 10, what, how, what's going on in this particular story? Let's observe. Okay, Luke 10, Jesus has a guy come up to him and says, Hey, um, who's my neighbor? Why did he say, who's my neighbor?
1: Mm, because Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself.
2: That's right. But before that, it says the teacher put him to the test saying, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said, What's written in the law? How do you read it? And love the Lord? And what? Love your neighbor. Well, he said, Well, who is my neighbor? So he's trying to get him to pin him into who the neighbor is and who he's not. And so Jesus tells him a story. And in the story, he says he was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. 4,000 parables in Jewish literature. This is one, I think, the only one with the name of a city in it. I mm. uh, Certainly the only one with Jericho in it. Now, it also has a Samaritan in it. Is there any other place in Scripture where you have a Samaritan or, the, or Samaria and Jericho? Well, if you flip back and look in the book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles, or 1 Chronicles, sorry, 1 Chronicles, like 24, maybe? Is it First Chronicles? I'm a little confused myself right now. <laughs> um, maybe 28. It's um Judah's defeat is, is Second Chronicles twenty eight. And what it was going on is there was fighting going on between Israel, the northern kingdom, Mm -hmm. and Israel, the southern kingdom. And here's what happened. The Lord, verse 5 says, The Lord is God gave him into the hand of the king of Syria who defeated him. And who's he talking about? Uh, He's talking about Ahaz. Ahaz reigned in Judah. So the Judah king was defeated by the hand of the king of Syria who defeated him. And took captive a great number of his people, brought them to Damascus. He was also given the hand of the king of Israel, who struck with him great force. And he goes through there and basically, let, get this, the men of Israel took captive 200,000 of their relatives. Mm. And w- when we come back from the break, I'm going to tie that in with a good Samaritan and show you how it's relevant and how Jesus was trying to take the listeners back to the book of second chronicles chapter 28
1: all right so make sure you stick with us we will be back with more after the news we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in virginia at the lighthouse as well as in meridian mississippi listening on wmer and all of our local listeners 91.7 in jacksonville 91.9 in saint augustine and 91.3 in folks in georgia you are listening to swat radio stay
3: tuned we'll be right back We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls.
2: We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales. Service. Service parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com.
0: If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old life. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker.
1: That is Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are doing our Open forum day today, whereas we usually do that on Friday because tomorrow, Friday, we are having uh, Congressman Rutherford on the program. So make sure you tune in for that. If you'd like to join our discussion today, though, please call us at 1 SWAT. That's 1 844 777 7928. Or you can email us at ask at com. Again, that's ask ask at swatradio.com. Just before the break, Doug was um, sharing a little bit about. How Jesus um, continually was using the Old Testament and referring people back to the Old Testament and a lot of what he was doing um, and saying and then we were just but we were interrupted with the break at talking about how um, the parable, of the Good Samaritan um, actually has more to it than what most of us know about it well
2: yeah, it, it's, it, and what it, he, Jesus was telling a story and he starts off and he he, he uses a name the city of Jericho. And he's talking about uh, a Jewish man who was injured and a a priest, a a Jewish, a priest went by, then a Levite went by. They ignored him, but a Samaritan who would have been hated by the Jews went by and listen to what it says in the parable or in the story or the parable. It says he came to him and he saw him and he had compassion He bound up his wounds, he poured oil on him, gave him wine, set him on his own animal, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Now listen, if you go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 28, Southern kingdom Judah was involved in fighting northern kingdom Israel. The capital of the northern kingdom was where? Samaria. Mm -hmm. So they had struck down a lot of the men of Judah, and the men of Israel took captive 200,000 people from Judah, from the tribe of Judah, of their relatives, sons, and daughters. And they took a lot of their spoil, and they brought the spoil to Samaria. But a prophet of the Lord was there, and his name was Oded. And he said, Behold, the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah. He gave them into your hand, but you have killed them in a rage, and it has reached up to heaven. And now you intend to enslave the people of Judah and Jerusalem as your slaves? Have you not sins of your own? Now hear me, send back the captives from your relatives whom you have taken, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. And so what happened, it says, is these men then, They left the captives in the spoils, and they rose and took the captives with the spoils, those who were naked, and they clothed them. They gave them sandals, gave them food and drink, anointed them, and carried them on donkeys to their kinfolk at Jericho, the city of palm trees. Then they returned to Samaria. So, again, in Scripture, you see Jericho and Samaritans. And the point of what Jesus is taking them back, the reason he's taking them back to that is he's reminding them when they wanted to kill them, God said, these are your brothers. He said, who's your neighbor? Mm -hmm. And he pointed out to them the Samaritan is your brother? Because what was the question asked back in Second Chronicles? He says, have you not sins of your own? You look down on this Samaritan, but he's just like you. See, the whole, the point of the Good Samaritan, when it says uh, love your neighbor like yourself, it doesn't mean love them like you want to be loved. That's how we traditionally listen to that and think of that. He means love him because he is like you. Love him because he is like you. So the same struggles you have, he has. He makes mistakes, you make mistakes. They may manifest a little different, but you love your neighbor because he's like you. He's just a human being, flawed and broken like we all are. That's really the point of the Good Samaritan, to love your neighbor because he's like you
1: and uh yeah even that's
2: different though than you thought about had and and it really kind of changes things a little bit i mean traditionally what have you thought that meant that parable meant
1: well yeah do something for that the person who is the neighbor is the one who acts like it and who uh you know not necessarily the one that you would expect it to be um who's willing to show love and compassion to somebody that, you know, has nothing to offer him. Um, But, you know, adding that context there of, you know, it it was the reverse um, in scripture in in second Chronicles and uh, touching on, on that is I think, you know, really interesting because that's something that that would have been a deeper understanding brought to it um, in my mind. And and I think it would have been convicting for the people who are listening to it to think about how they felt about Samaritans and then to remember there was a time when, you know, my forefathers were in, you know, basically enslaved and this is what the Samaritans did. And and would I have done that with the way that I felt about them recently? You know, so, um, yeah, that's, that's well, and, and,
2: and again, the point of it really is not even to teach what, what the passage was teaching, but to say that, Jesus was taking them back to text, to the scriptures, and we miss that a lot because we read it at face value, very mm-hmm. much like a Westerner, instead of reading it from the viewpoint of Jesus and the Eastern mindset. So, yeah, I think we got a caller.
1: Yeah, Mark from Virginia. Mark, how you doing? Hey,
2: what's up, guys? How we doing? Doing
1: well.
0: How you been? I've uh, been all right, man. Working hard. Uh yeah, working back in the in the schools for right now. Awesome. I, had a, I had a question. Um, yeah, I had a question about like God looking through the seven deadly sins. Um, I was looking at number seven for sloth, because sometimes even myself, like, I be running late. And and <laughs> for number seven for the sloth as as a deadly sin. They said it's like the hardest one to define or credit as a sin. But the way to um, fix it. I think it would be through diligence. So any advice on, like, if you would treat your neighbor as yourself? Because sometimes, as men, we'd we, I mean we'd be late a little bit wherever we're going. So how, like, I guess on, what would be the best advice to apologize to somebody if, if you were late?
2: Well, well <laughs> it's here, like here's the First of all, sloth really means that when you're supposed to do something, uh, you just don't uh-huh. put forth an effort, and and so it either it doesn't get done, or it's done really poorly, or bad. you just don't do it very well. That's really what sloth is is talking about there. Uh, okay. But but a lot of times, you know, because of some churches actually teach that the seven deadly sins are sins that God will not forgive. <laughs> and that really comes believe it or not out of pope gregory the great in the sixth century uh he kind of came up with that list that um these seven sins um uh, are if, if if you allow them to continue and continue and you don't stop them then they're going to kill your soul <laughs> that's that's that was the thinking
1: yeah, and you know with sloth as well like like Doug said, I can see what you're saying about being late, right? Because that's a, a lack of discipline and a lack of preparation. And, uh, you could say that, that, that's some, uh, laziness in, in that. Um, and so I, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is through discipline, uh, you know, and applying discipline throughout your life in the areas where you're struggling with that sloth to make sure, like, okay, I am going to, do this or do that. And sometimes you need somebody to help you. Right. Like when I was a kid, uh, you know, I was pretty slovenly and my dad, you know, had a strict standard of what was clean and what was, uh, what, what was not done well. And if I did not stick to that, he held it to me. And and then that way he instilled discipline and it can be, you know, much more difficult as a grown man to kind of instill discipline into yourself. So finding some accountability, um, I think is probably something that could be helpful as well.
0: Oh,
1: gosh. But yeah, that, okay. that, that that's my thoughts, you know. And I get you. I'm 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 pretty punctual, um, but I was not always that way. And so well, I'm I,
0: saying like I'm saying like Taylor Taylor. I'm saying like if like if you just late to work, but once you get to work, you do everything. Like you're mm-hmm. punctual. Like as soon as you're prompt, like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, What's
1: yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I'm that's saying that. That to be late for work in my mind is to not be taking is Mm -hmm. to be undisciplined because you're not you're responsible to be there at a certain time and you've given your word that you'll be there at a certain time to another time. And so it's on you to plan either to get up earlier to you know leave earlier or whatever is necessary to get there. And if you take that mindset on of like, hey, this is my responsibility to be here on time. Um, and it's the traffic, you know, that's, that's, it's still my responsibility. I can't control the traffic, but I can control when I leave and things like that. And so I think that's part of, if you look at that as being an aspect of, um, give, giving your word and keeping your word, uh, it it might help you in that way.
0: Okay. All right. All right, guys.
1: It. all right thanks for calling in mark um we are actually up against the break so we're going to end with the you break.
2: yeah the, the break the break we're done yeah man. but hey i did want to read one quick email we got and uh thank you so much for sending in these emails dorothy young she says how come the people that are supporting abortion rights do not recognize my right to choose whether to accept the vaccine or not isn't it still my body it is um I agree with you, Dorothy. I agree with you. Yeah,
1: I think that's... Uh,
2: that's tri- the hypocrisy of the that mindset. Right?
1: Yeah, and it, it's, uh, their goal is to deconstruct all of society, so whatever tool they can use to do that is what they're going to use, and it's a utilitarian mindset. You yes. know what I mean? So Hey,
2: tomorrow, Congressman Rutherford, I hope you'll join us. Send me your questions, Doug, at SWATradio.com or ask at SWATradio.com. Any questions for Congressman Rutherford, love to get them good.
1: All right, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Have a great day.
3: If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com.